Hey, 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 welcome to the Sports Reverence Podcast. My name is Dan. And my name's Drew. We're no experts, but we are the Sports Reverence. Train to Invest is one of North America's leading investment education and training corporations. Our purpose is to provide a new way for families, individuals, and communities to think about wealth management. Through teaching, training, and coaching individuals in the art and science of self-directed investing, we focus on a foundation based on capital preservation. Train to Invest offers a complete education and training experience focusing on fundamental analysis, technical analysis, risk analysis, and developing skills for active trading. To find out more, visit our website at www.traintoinvest.com and download our free ebook to start your journey towards financial freedom. Again, that's www.train2invest.com and download our free ebook today. Hey, hey, we are back with the MJ Doc Part 5. And that means the rest of our Mondays are not going to be as good for the next little while. We got the coach with us. How you doing, coach? Doing good. Repping the OG today. OG basement. Nice. We still all look pretty scruffy with all of our uh, COVID haircuts. And, and uh, we're still getting looking. out of control. We are out of control. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, boys, let's get into it. Did Michael Jordan in game six of his final championship run did he push off on byron russell i think before before anybody gives an answer i think this is probably one of the most controversial things before the doc even came out yeah it's been one it's been one of the weirdest things to talk about before this doc came out drew go ahead well to be honest i've seen this clip so many times and almost everyone i've ever heard talk about it just seems to admit that Michael Jordan did push off. And so this was my first time really looking at different angles and seeing um, that, yeah, he, he didn't push off at all. In fact, I, I love uh, a Bob Costas uh, quote where he says, it's basically like a maitre d' uh, showing someone his table. Like that's how much of a hand he had on his, on his backside and, and, Honestly, from that back angle, you can see that he barely touched him. His momentum was going that way. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of the greatest clips in NBA history, though. Yeah. it. Uh, anybody, I've, I've talked this about with lots of people, and I've always held the position that he didn't push off. Always, always, always. But to me, like, watching that clip and watching Jordan talk about it, um, the way that he even recognizes that, oh, Russell's playing plays on the on the balls with his feet, so he just need one move to get him, and then he just recognizes in game that he's already falling over like that. Is just such uh, such the the analytical side, which is crazy, and so just a little, little, just a just a little, and then boom, nails it, unbelievable. But I've I have always said, and I will go on record, and anybody can try and, and prove me wrong. I've always said Jordan never pushed off, so this was like vindication Monday for me, which is great. Are you guys crazy? Are you guys like, are, are you guys, you're just so biased. There was a giant push off. It was egregious. Okay. It was the biggest push. That would not be allowed in today's game at all. 
All right, Reggie Miller pushed off Jordan. <laughs> that's the only push off I saw in that whole docu series. Okay, that was the biggest push off ever. Still a big shot though. Yeah, he did hit the shot, but that was a that was the only push off I saw in that docu series. That MJ push off, that was a little 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 tap on the behind. That was nothing. That was nothing. That's allowed. That yeah, that Reggie push off was that was egregious. That was a great word choice because. Honestly, you, you see that today? If somebody did that to James Harden, oh, he'd be flopping all the oh, way oh. back to center court. Yeah. Flagrant foul. It would, have been, it would be a horrendous. It'd be on ESPN, Sports Center, everything. Talk, talk, talk about how so-and-so pushed off. And but, that's, but that's what I love. I think this shows to Jordan again. Yeah. He didn't react to that at all because he exactly. respected guys that played hard. Yeah. And he would do the same thing to you if he could, right? I, and I agree with you guys. I don't even want to, like, talk about Jordan's push-off being a push-off because there was nothing there. And uh, let's just, yeah, let's continue on. Let's just move on from that because that's an that's a issue that shouldn't even be talked about anymore. DocuSeries has our back. There's vindication, like you said. That's my Brooklyn Nine-Nine captain. Uh, captain, um, what's his name? Holt? Yeah, Captain Holt reference there. Thank you. So Reggie push-off definitely was a push-off. It kind of brings up the question, okay? The physicality from the games from back then, would Jordan be able to fare in today's game? And, like, in the terms of the obviously the physicality is different, the, the rules are different, would he be able to fare in today's game? Honest opinion, no bias. What do you think? Start with you, Coach. Uh, as the old man of the group, uh, I think I have the best perspective on this. Of course. Yeah, like, obviously. Like all the elderly say. Come on, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, he, would, he would be just as dominant uh, um, because he has, like I've talked before, unlike some of today's superstars, he's got moves and then counter moves. And I'll let Drew talk about the, the, the points percentage, but um, I don't, with the hands, the, you just look at from the episode one until now, the physicality of him going to the hoop day in, day out, day in, day out. And some, a lot of that stuff not being called. If he does that today, it is free throw bonanza. Then you toss in on top of the fact that it's Michael Jordan, the quote unquote superstar of the league. And he's going to get superstar calls on top of that. Right, so I think I think you brought up earlier, Dan. He would add at least at minimum two points per quarter, right? And that's just would be it would just be another insane thing for him. I I agree. It would be harder because Kawhi is a great defender. Got guys like Paul George, and I think there's a better understanding of team dynamics for team defense. But Jordan would just dominate as as he did back then in today's game. That's I, that's my take. I also think he would be just as dominant, if not more dominant, um, because of the physicality in the game that was going on back then. His body wouldn't break down, mm. uh, and he'd still be giving all he had, but they wouldn't have the the liberty to hack at him like they do, like they did back then. So his body would be able to get through a lot more. He. I have no doubt he would develop a three-point shot 
Um, a better. And yeah, when, when we're looking at when we're looking at percentages of how much he scored, that's another thing that stood out to me about basketball back then. I'm I'm sort of new to watching NBA basketball, but like the points, the scoring back then, like some of the games were in the 70s in playoff games, 70s, 80s, 90, if it was a really high scoring game. Uh, today we're seeing consistently like 120. Uh, so if you take percentages of Jordan's 30 points out of 90 to 120, like we're looking at almost 40 points a game uh, if you extrapolate those percentages. Yeah, and add on to you, Drew, like uh, even the science of being able to take care of your body and like uh, your health nowadays is that much better than it was in the 90s. And Jordan was a freak athlete then. So like compared to now, he's going to be there longer. He'd be more, I think he'd be more explosive. Imagine that and healthier for longer, which is pretty wild. So yeah, I think for sure he'd fare uh, amazing in today's game. And um, there's actually, there'd be no retirement in the middle either. Yeah. Well, you you never know. And also in our game today, we don't have hardly anyone with the mentality plus skill that Jordan has. Like, yeah, you don't see that will, at least I don't like the will to win the chip on your shoulder. Like you'll actually invent stuff. To Kobe, Kobe came the closest. Yeah, but he he's retired. He's yeah. retired for a few years. Yeah. Now, like, I'm talking today's NBA, like with. Oh, I can't remember who said it in the docu series, but uh, it was this last episode, I think. Someone said, uh, "You have to be able to achieve that level of of winning and that a lot level of greatness. You're gonna have to hurt someone's feelings." And that's going to be part of the process. And that kind of brings us on to like Jordan is looked at like as a bad guy, right? A lot of the times with his teammates, but then at the end of it all, they all say, you know what? Jordan was a great teammate. I needed this push. I needed to get there where I had to be. He brought the best out of people, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think that sums it up really well, Drew, is that you don't, you don't see that, push to do everything to win mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of a lot of guys are now we'll say we'll just say for the example 50 percent basketball 25 percent fun 25 percent branding right they're thinking about life after basketball they're thinking about um what is my legacy going to be and if you look back at the end of the doc it was kind of showing a trailers of of his interviews when he first got to chicago he's like i want chicago to be in the name of the Lakers in Philadelphia, the Celtics. And throughout his whole career, that's what he did. He pushed, he pushed, he pushed. Not to be the best, you know, brand ambassador, not to be, um, he didn't care if his Jordan shoes were trendy or not. His main goal was, I'm a basketball player first, and I want to make sure that I'm pushing my team to get to where I need to be, right? And I think that's a very absolute point today because you just don't see that. You don't well, see that. And, right. and on top of that, we don't see the commitment to a city like we see with Jordan as well. Like I think And that's gonna keep getting worse. Right. Like yeah. to, to flip that though, to flip that though, I mean you also don't see the same with the the teams. 
either, right? Look at what they look what they did to Demar. He was the favorite rapper for so long, and they flipped him. It's a right? sacrificial lamb. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it goes both ways. I get that, but um, if you have a choice, yeah, athletes today are just being like, "Oh, I'll go wherever." There's no that like I want to make this place my home. Yeah, but 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 trading, everyone, but, okay. but trading, getting traded is different than making a choice in free agency. I think that's true too, right? Yeah, because Demar Demar was traded. Like LeBron had a choice to stay in Cleveland or to go to Miami. Oh, that's not right? that was horrible. But that's- if we can compare like today's NBA, right? True. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, on I that. guess like, that's the that's the thought behind saying I'm a I'm a player and I get to make the choice now. It's not just the the team's choice, right? So not that, late, but like you said, like that definitely is not showing like the heart for the the city. Yeah, I mean a lot of it will be there's people that oh they do charity work this and that, but which is good. I'm not saying it's wrong, but your job. And is- I was just gonna say it's not every player. Okay, there's a guy named Damian Lillard who says, I'm staying in Portland. And okay, okay. let me, let me counter you on that one. Let me counter you on that one. If okay. Damian Lillard was so good and so team-loving, why is he eating an abdominal like – the cap kit he has is yeah. astronomically high. It's, it's huge. It, is, it makes the team uncompetitive. That's why he loves being in Portland. Yeah. They're going to give him $40 million. Oh, if, yeah, he, if he was making $40 million anywhere else, he'd go there and love that. <laughs> what? Well, you know what? <laughs> Damian Lillard put in the time and oh, earned it. Okay, that's on. a super max. How can you not pay him super max dollars? Well, I get that, but that super max makes the rest of the team uncompetitive. How are they not competitive? They were they made it pretty far in the playoffs last year. But don't okay, make but it seem would... like it's his love for Portland that he's there. Yeah. But it's he cool. could have left. He could have left. And made a lot less. Yeah. He's still making like okay, what? So, he still make thirty plus million. Okay, hold on. So let's just say he instead of forty forty five, he makes thirty. Okay, that fifteen million dollars can go a long way to getting a better bench, better role playing squad. Portland only got that far because tons of guys got hurt. Go who they played. Whoa, what? I mean, come on. They didn't even have Nurkic. The, the Nurkic might never play again. It seems he's always hurt. Well, no, he's still still recovering. Okay, anyways, let's break right there. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Samara and Jane is an Australian-based accessories retailer with all of the latest fashion trends from around the world. Ladies, update your style game with gorgeous earrings, necklaces, and other jewelry for affordable prices. And guys, you can shop for that special lady in your life too. Use discount code SPORTSREV30 for 30% off your entire order. That's SPORTSREV30 for 30% off your entire order. Use discount code at checkout at SamaraAndJane.com. Let's see this next section here, guys. At the end of the documentary, it was the big question of why didn't Michael Jordan come back? Why did the team split up? Why did President Jerry Reinsdorf uh, talk about letting the team go away because uh, he doesn't want to pay the players? 
if all the all the dominoes lightened up correctly, would the Chicago Bulls? I was gonna say something else, not Chicago Bulls. I don't know what. Um, would the Chicago Bulls win a seventh championship? Uh, I don't. I don't think they would. Uh, to be honest, and I think it's perfect the way that they went out on top. I know Jordan Jordan says at the end of the documentary that it eats at him that he didn't get that shot to go after it. But I think if if Jordan comes back, what, why is your hand in the air? My hand's in the air because you just went against Jordan and now he's going to drop 70 on you because <laughs> you said that. Okay? We oh, learned that from the documentary. If I get to play one-on-one against Jordan, that's awesome. <laughs> so I don't care. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Finish your thought, Drew. But yeah, like you hear him at the end of the doc say like it eats at him for they didn't get to go after that seventh championship. But I think if he comes back and they lose, I think it doesn't really mar his legacy, but I think it's Washington. a perfect way to go out, right? We don't even have to get into Washington, okay? This is a this is the docu docu series <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but uh yeah, I I think he should have stayed retired and have it go out like that it was perfect i think okay that's fair point because there's so much that would have there's so many like good so many things that had to happen right uh in order for them to even have a competitive they won 13 games the next year granted it was a shortened season but But they lost so many terrible but that's what i'm saying but so many things had to okay. fall into place. I know, but the question is if it all aligned, if it did align perfectly. So if you're saying all every single player's back. Every player's back. Pippen comes back. Rodman comes back. Kerr doesn't get traded. What happens? Do they win the next year? And if yes, how many years can they go? See, I, I don't think they do. I think, they, I think you see them starting to wear down over I'll the take, years. Indiana took them to seven games. It's true. Right? Jalen like Rose s- agrees with you too. So you're you not see alone. Every every year, like I, I don't I haven't looked into the stats too in depth, but it seemed like every year they had a tougher time getting out of the East. And I think that would have continued. Go ahead, go ahead, Dow. See what you gotta say. Yeah, like I think you bring up good points, Drew, but I, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I think if Jordan says, I'm coming back and I want everyone to come back and Jerry Reinsdorf says, okay, let's do this. I'm going to make more money, actually, if I pay you all, um, they win. Shortened season would have helped the Bulls in the sense of uh, not having to have so much toll on their bodies. Again, they get an extended rest, which I think would be perfect for a guy like, I don't know, Dennis Rodman, who needs to take breaks here and there. Um, and, and a perfect for Jordan who has to not carry so much on his back. And like I said, if you look who made it to the finals, the Knicks who were the eighth seed who were already because of the shortened season, I think it, it just gave them this opportunity to, to, to jump to the final. So I think the, the bulls would go through the East. The biggest question would be the finals against Duncan and Robinson and those Spurs. So obviously there'd be like, this like who gets Steve Kerr kind of thing and, and have to figure all that out. I'm assuming Steve Kerr would be with the Bulls and the Spurs would have a, a as 
Steve Good as Steve Kerr replacement. Okay, I'm just can you hit that. Can you hit assuming a- that? Okay, because I think you can find that around the league, um, and I think that would be a crazy matchup because it's like the battle of the twin towers versus the battle of the the wing players, and um, if uh, if Rodman and and the boys can just just hang on to Robinson and 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 Duncan, then the wing players are going to dominate. I think, but that's just me. I'm going Bulls win seven. And I think it would be so fitting if they go again another year in year eight, go for eight, and they verse the 2000 Lakers, and they lose to Kobe and Shaq. And it's like, it's like when Jordan beat Magic, the, the, the mantle is passed, and then the mantle will be passed. Now Jordan's going to come and drop 70 on you. Yeah, I would like that. For, for saying he'd lose to Kobe. I'd hang out with Jordan. I think I, 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 I'd I, I would disagree with Drew and be like, I, I think the shortened season – um, will definitely help. A full year of Pippen being healthy would help, um, because in that in that in that whole last year, Pippen was hurt for the first half of the year, pretty much, right? Um, and you'd have the whole contract thing sorted out, so Pippen would be ready to go. You'd have. Is that Phil... the year he waited to do the surgery? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Like I think if everybody because. They call it the last dance because it was forced on them. It was forced on them by Krauss by saying, if Phil goes 82-0, and 0, doesn't matter, he's gone. This way, it's them saying, hey, it's our last chance. We decide to go. They would ramp it up. I think they would just – they would tear up the league. They would absolutely tear up the league because Jordan's like, I'm not going out on a loss. Um, if – to win an eighth – I don't, that would be tough. I think a lot of things would, ha- again, have to factor in. I wouldn't put it past them, but you'd have a pretty old Rodman who's kind of useless at that point. You'd have to find a replacement for him. You'd probably have to find a replacement for Steve Kerr because after that 99 season, Kerr was kind of tailed off. Um, Kukoc would still be good. Uh, Pippen you, brought and Jordan- up, you brought up a good point before, though, when we were talking off, off camera was well, – that they they it, it, how easy is it to retool when you have a Jordan and a Pippen? Yeah, yeah, so, and you'd also it'd be like the, the Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, right? There's guys who want to go play with Tom Brady now. Yeah, you'd have guys like like how Karl Malone and Gary Payton went to the 03 Lakers, right, to try and yeah, win, yeah. That's or 04, true. whatever it is, right? You'd have guys who'd want to come play with Jordan because they're like, hey, they just won number seven, now. I, I have a ring. I don't have a ring. I, I'm almost done my career. Let's hop on board. Yeah. Right? That's fair. I think, do they, do they win eight? I wouldn't want to bet against them, but it, it would definitely be harder. Because like you said, like Drew said, it was getting harder and harder and harder to get out of the East. But um, And the toll I think, on their body. Yeah. I, but I, I think if Jordan doesn't retire, they win eight. They might just go win eight in a row. Yeah, like that. I think it might be easier for them to win one on the end, not two on the end. Win one on the yeah. end and two in the middle. Yeah. That's like what they, I think. They could have won for a whole decade. They, literally. Which would, and I mean, all things being equal about health, you know, that's the biggest thing. Because like if Jordan like breaks his foot again or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what, then it's all out the, out for the window. Sure. For sure. But for sure. Um, I think, the, the biggest disappointment of this whole conversation is that I didn't have a chance to go for number seven. Yeah. Now, a, lot of, a lot of times people talk about, you know, when OKC traded Harden away and how that was the biggest trade. 
for salary cap purposes. I think this is an even bigger story. You trade away, you, trade, you basically traded away your starting six. Pretty much. Just because you didn't want to pay them. Yeah. Which is absolutely ridiculous when you, when this guy owns. Slash give away or let retire. Like this guy owns the White Sox and the Bulls. He's, he's like Scrooge McDuck diving on his gold coins. 100%. 100%. I don't know. I think, I think, I think that's just one of the saddest things. They didn't get to go for seven. Yeah. And it stuck with Jordan, obviously. Yeah. As you saw saw in the docuseries. Now, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr was highlighted quite a bit in this, uh, in these last couple episodes, uh, what stuck out about Steve Kerr to you, Drew? Well, I just think uh, how hard of a worker he was mm-hmm. uh, on and off the court uh, to to accept his role and to work to be the best at it he could be. And I think we've seen this in every uh, facet of his career. Like, yeah even working his way up to being a coach now. He was a good broadcaster as well. Um, I think he's, he just accepts his role. He knows who he is. He's comfortable in his own shoes. And uh, I think the way he, he learned from Paxton is, is something that uh, a lot of young kids with their pride, their pride gets in the way of allowing them to do that. They think of the guy as a guy, I want to beat him. Like yeah. I need to take his spot rather than him coming in saying, I know he's only got a couple of years left. I'm just going to learn from him. And yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I think that was really cool too. And uh, I think he, I think we mentioned this like a couple pods ago is that he's, he was born in the wrong era. I think he would, he would do well in the NBA today. Uh, tough defender, hit the three, um, could do it all really. And uh, yeah, Steve Kerr was, I, I really like to see um, how tough he actually was, you know, didn't back down from Jordan, but just respected him and earned Jordan's trust to be able to, to take those shots and bring some relief. Like it wasn't even just that the, the couple big buzzer beaters, he hit a lot of clutch shots, the ones to keep the team in the game where, when they thought against Indiana, well, when, uh, when they were down, and uh, it could have gone, could have gone so differently, right? But uh, uh, and and to see the relationship um, uh, of his dad, I didn't know that his dad had uh, had had died that way, and how similar that was to like a tough, just a tough thing to handle uh, that Jordan had to go through, and uh, how that would have played a toll, taken a toll on his life. And, and yeah. it was cool to also see a bit of his background too. His parents were super scholarly, and uh, I thought that was cool. So. What do you think, Coach? I think that the thing that sticks out for me with Steve Kerr is his humbleness. Yeah. And um, even just as he talks about Some story, would say humility. You could say humility. Yes, you could. That would not be an He issue. didn't, though. <laughs> wow. Why don't you sit down and be humble? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but that's, okay, that's the thing. Like, it, the way he carries himself, it's – it's all the way through. You know, it's genuine. Yeah, big time. Right? And that's, that's the thing. And you see, like, even when he's talking to the press um, now, as he's the coach, he, he doesn't come off as arrogant as, I've won, you know, so many rings. He works hard, like you said. And, yeah, I think that he, even he acknowledged that 
getting out of high school, he only got the Arizona University scholarship because of the last minute thing. Right. And he worked hard there, worked hard. And then, I mean, that obviously comes from your parents and who influences you. And you, you, you're, you know, you don't become ahead of a university by being lazy. Right. So, um, and, and to Drew's point, it's, it's rare today where you see somebody accepting who they are going to be. Um, I, not everyone can be the superstar. Not everyone can be the best. And a lot of people coming out of university or the one and downs, whatever, like Drew said, they're, they're looking to take somebody's spot. Yeah. And just to have the, the awareness to be like, okay, I'm not athletic as Michael Jordan. I can't do this, can't do that. But what I can do is excel at shooting and working hard and playing defense. I mean, look at his career. How many guys would want a career like that? A career know like that Rob- you're going to get five shots a game. Yeah. Like you, you, there's so and, and and there are a lot of stories in the NBA where guys have come in thinking they're, they're the best, got knocked down a few pegs, moved to a better situation, learned from somebody else and recoup that. Right. Um, I think, I think for me, another example, very similar to this would be Manu Ginobili. Cause he could have started for any, he could have started for that team, any team. Right. But he said, but pop said, Hey, I need you to run the bench squad. And Manu's like, sure. That's the best thing for the team to win. And look at the success he had. Yeah. I think that's, I think I, something that if somebody took away from, from the doc that is non MJ side would be, you know, not, I don't want to say this in a, in a bad way, but know your role and accept it. Don't be, don't be upset that it's not where you want it to be. Just work your best and see where that takes you. Yeah. Cause you never know. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. There isn't, there, there even is an arrogance to be like a Pippin, right. But to, to know you're a role player, that's even, even, uh, even more, takes a lot more humility. I like that. I like that. Um, okay. Let's talk about the great Rodzilla. <laughs> and how amazing is it? You're in the middle of, you know, some of the biggest games in your life and you're just going to take off for a couple of days or a day and, and uh, go do some wrestling match. Um, let's Hulk just Hogan. speak to that. that. <laughs> yeah. Drew, Drew, speak to that for a little bit here. Well, it just seems crazy to me from all angles of it. Like <laughs> how Dennis Rodman feels like this is okay. And he still talks about it. Like he, There's no big deal. No big deal. Then there's Phil Jackson's side of it who handles it like it's a joke as well. Like the media is asking about it. He's like, well, he's not here. So like, they're like, where is he? Well, he's not here. Um, even in practice, right? Even in practice, like showing up in his pajama pants and, and uh, like, we just like it's, it's amazing. It, it's amazing how perfect the personalities were on the team. Yeah. That that was able to work because I don't know if anyone could handle that kind of personality in today's basketball. Can you imagine Greg Popovich trying to deal with <laughs> like he would lose his mind, oh, absolutely no. lose his mind. I think Drew, you nailed it on the head. It was a perfect marriage. Like Phil just understood Dennis. Yeah. He understood that it was going to be wild. He would do like the most ridiculous things. But he's going to bring it. But he's going to bring it. And even Dennis said to himself, I will be out wherever, but come game time, you're getting 100%. Yeah. 
And the game after this whole wrestling thing, he just went and dominated on the boards. Like, no big deal. Like, his regular self. Like, he just went out and, and just rebounded everything. And hit two free throws in the end to be clutch. Yeah. Right? And gives the shrug. So I like I think this is the perfect blend of having Jordan there to be uh putting pressure on people, having Phil to be the outlet and to deal with the fallout from that. But you know though, like I didn't realize Phil was so intense himself though, right? There's clips of him like cussing out this team, cussing out the players. And I just kind of, I just kind of viewed him as like this, you know, Zen kind of hippy dippy, you know, and I thought that's how he kind of related with Rodman in that sense. Right. But you know, he was actually super intense. I was, yeah. uh, I was a little shocked. I think it, because it's, yeah, you're right. He just comes off as hippy dippy. But and he feel with Kobe and Shaq, like he looks pretty like relaxed on the sidelines and his, in his raised seat because he's so tall and uh, he, you know, he rarely wants to get up out of it, right? Yeah, he barely get up at that point. But like, I, I think that's, that's the aspect of coaching that you have to connect with your players because if, if you don't show the same intensity, why would you, as a player, be like, oh, coach doesn't care. Why should I care? Right? And we've all had coaches who are just showing up, kind of putting in the time, don't show that passion towards you. And that doesn't make you enjoy the game, right? It doesn't make you enjoy what you're doing or practice. Whereas a coach who is into it, engages you on a, on a non-sport level, but also pushes you to be better, I think we all would enjoy having a coach like that, regardless of how their version of pushing you happens to be. I, I don't know about this era, Joel. Coaches that push you, um, that, that might be offensive. Well, you know, I got, I got a lot of flack for saying kids are soft these days. with a lot of qualitative um answers about this and that so i'm not i'm gonna shy away from that and then not even, not even well, he just kind of said it again and they don't have a voice to argue back so <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> yeah it is what it is i yeah i think today like if you have like coaches today are are in a tough position because they make so they even though they have quote-unquote authority if i'm making 30 million dollars a year and my boss who's supposed to be in charge of me is making three I don't care. I really don't care what he's got to say at this point, as long as I'm doing what's best for me. You know what I mean? Like there's that weird dynamic. Yeah. That just kind of gets punted out the window. And like that, that, that is a lot different than like you saw the respect Jordan had for his coaches. Right. And yeah. all those guys had for their coaches. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was, that was pretty good. Yeah. We didn't talk about one awesome thing about Steve Kerr His uh, after hitting his big shot, his, um, his, championship parade speech was That's probably one of the greatest speeches ever in NBA history. Um, you gonna read it out? I don't have it pulled up right now, but I got you know, it. I got it here. Okay. Ah, uh, perfect guy to, to tell us. <laughs> All right. We know why he's the perfect guy. <laughs> All right. So, so Steve Kerr, for those of you who weren't watching, gets up to the podium. He says, a lot of people have been asking me about the shot the other night and there have been some, misconceptions about what actually happened. I wanted to clear it up. When we called timeout with 25 seconds to go, we went into the huddle and Phil told Michael, I want you to take the last shot. And Michael said, <laughs> you know what, Phil? I don't feel real comfortable in these situations. So maybe we ought to go in another direction. Why don't we go to Steve? 
So I thought to myself, well, I got, I guess I got to bail Michael out again. Anyway, the shot went in. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I know another Steve who would, uh, who would mimic that speech, and uh, some call him Bubsh. But that... One thing about that memory, though, like when they're on the bench, Jordan's kind of like whispering by his cup for Steve to be ready. Yeah. And Steve's just like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Don't worry. I got you. If Stockton comes off here, I'm going to – she's like, oh, my gosh, guys. I just tell everybody to plan. <laughs> oh. Might as well go tell the other bench. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for the shot. <laughs> yeah, that was an all-time speech. Another thing we have to highlight, we didn't put it in our docket, but the, the Jordan flu game, I, oh. I kind of forgot about this story that it wasn't actually a flu. And no, uh, I, didn't he- I didn't know that either. You didn't know the story at all, Adrian? No. And like, it's just like, even looking at it now, the fans of Utah, even all the way to back then, the fans of Utah are just constantly every year in the news for something for <laughs> being bad fans. Yeah, with Russell Westbrook and all these other guys chirping and saying bad things and 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 actually poisoning Michael Jordan. Like, can you Allegedly. imagine that? Allegedly. Say what, Drew? Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> and Jordan, Jordan's, I can't even imagine Michael Jordan crying in a ball, puking left and right, eh? And his mom has to come and say, Michael, <laughs> he's just too too much of a king too much of like that like (laughs) magical figure greatness right like and and he's not allowed to have any weaknesses and and he comes back and how many did he drop that game it was like 37 or 39 yeah and it was just like wow how amazing was that so what's just share some thoughts boys because that's cool well i'd like to see pippin do that right (laughs) hey (laughs) (laughs) Pippin had like a broken back in the game six. Oh, and pulled himself out. Well, to get massaged, and then he came back in. Yeah, so he got he he got ten minutes of therapy for five minutes of game time. He put in some buckets. Okay, first of all, he shouldn't have dunked the first one. That was a stupid play by him. Why? He just should have laid it in. He already knows his back is sore. I just laid. He didn't know. Yes, he did. How? They were remember in the in the in the change room they were he was getting a massage and the TV were talking about oh Pippin is sore back blah 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 blah. I think I think it's just it's just weird that in nineteen ninety eight everything's closed at ten in an entire city in terms of restaurants. Well like it's like they couldn't find any like a McDonald's, like come on. They couldn't find anything. Things were different was, back then, though. They didn't. Yeah, have, it's not. It's not like he was looking for good food. He had pizza. Like, yeah, like yeah. there's got to be something out there. And and another question: How did they know it's Michael Jordan's pizza? Did Tim Grover call and be like, "Yeah, I need a pizza for Michael Jordan"? Like, well, they probably saw that it was from. Like, wait, did the they have collar? Did they? Well, have if they're collar? coming to the hotel room. Oh yeah, that's why they had five guys, right? They they someone yes. they they were peeking in to see if it was actually. I don't know. Was it? Yeah, I would never eat that pizza. They said it was five guys bringing the pizza. Yeah, that's weird. I would never have eaten that pizza. There's no way. Anyways, my uh, an an overall take from the documentary, and I've been reading some reports that Michael Jordan was like concerned about how he would come off. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
but I think it's made me respect and like Michael Jordan more than I already did. Like yes. the work ethic, the yeah. the determination, pushing his teammates, everything. Like, yeah, I I, I think it's – I don't know why he was worried, but I think uh, hopefully he can rest easy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think you – I, I thought like I thought you actually saw the compassionate side of him more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, he comes off as a guy who really cares about his teammates and wants to bring out the best in them. That's just his way of doing things of how to do it. And um, if you understand that, I think he he would never have to worry about coming off as a bad guy in that sense. And um, it's just like is the perfect. I just wonder why. Like I see. Some players today, like like Kawhi says, he'll study Jordan's moves and stuff like that. But you don't see many players talk about studying Michael Jordan anymore, eh? Um, and yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why. Like he's made the he's made the blueprint of how to do it for the NBA, and um, and and more than that. And then after the NBA, and and like to get into uh, owning franchises and becoming billionaire and all that. Like he's kind of paved the way for that and. And, and even his era, well, really because of Michael, it went from the, I think they said it in the docuseries that it went from the NBA being how, in how many countries to like 219, like 90 to 219, like yep. that's because of him and his, his era. So I don't know. I, I, that's my takeaway that, you know, just I, yeah, Mike. like Mike, like seriously. I think for me, um, MJ will always be the greatest of all time because of what he did for the game of basketball. Um, he helped bring basketball to them. Like I've talked about this before. He brought basketball into the mainstream culture. Yeah. LeBron can't do that. Kawhi can't do that. Giannis can't do that. There is, there is no way that any other athlete can do that. What MJ did for the game of basketball, that's what he did. Like what Wayne Gretzky did for hockey, MJ did for basketball, right? Um, and to see that drive, to see that push, to see that that desire to win, I would love that from a teammate. Like obviously, I would not be happy with somebody constantly teasing me and poking fun at me and, you know, like verbal jabs. That that would get annoying. I would get that. But you'd, you'd get upset about it, and you'd be like, oh, I just won a ring. Yeah, especially when it comes to, like, like physical competing, right? Like, yeah. that's where he pushed you the most. Like, exactly. less, I know and, he's a great trash talker, but. Yeah, and he pushed you the most physically, and he also didn't, didn't just lollygag himself. Yeah. He was, he was running hard for the sprints. He was hitting the weight room. He pushed himself just as hard as he expected you to be pushed. And I think that is something that people just can't handle today. Yeah. They can't have, they, they just expect things to be given to them in a lot of aspects. Just because I went to university, I should get a job just because I did this. This is the result. Well, no, there's gotta be hard work put into that. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, like the overall takeaway is that I would love to have Michael Jordan as my teammate. Yeah, absolutely. Like just as, this was a guy who would push me to be better at my craft. Like Steve Burrell, like he picked at him the whole year. Yeah. 
but like that guy got infinitely better. Yeah. The whole three peak. He got infinitely better. He had tons of clutch shots and he's got three rings. Yeah. If I was Steve Burrell, like I'd be so pumped. Oh yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think if we again do the comparison to today, I think a lot of players in today's NBA wouldn't want Michael Jordan as a no. teammate. Yeah, absolutely. No, they'd be they'd be complete right. babies about it. Can you right. can you imagine MJ yelling at LeBron? Yeah, or like Russell Westbrook or like Carl I think Anthony, I think Anthony Russ Towns. would be okay. What was that Daniel? Carl Anthony Towns. Oh right? Like a guy who has so much potential, but like oh. can't cut it. Just wants to play with his friends, right? But yeah. And now they're all gonna play together so, and lose. So now that the docuseries is over. I was thinking next Monday we can address ESPN's top 100 because that's still burning a hole. Um, it's still burning a hole inside of me. And, uh, but I wanted to ask you guys one question, all right? This is off, off topic, oh. off anything, all right? Okay. Who is the next docuseries going to be about that, that's going to be that legendary? Now, you don't have to limit it to NBA. It can be any athlete. But which is the next one that will be like as legendary as this docuseries? This has been by far the most watched, most appreciated sports docu documentary ever. This is my so, COVID savior. Drew, I bet you I know your answer, but go ahead. Uh, I think it's going to be a uh, Brady Belichick. Oh, that's good. That was He's not what I was thinking. That, that would be unbelievable to watch. Yeah, I think so. That's cool. To get inside, like, because we don't get a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't – who knows if it'll even happen. Like, we'll have to wait until Belichick retires, I think, yeah. to actually get it. But I think that would be awesome to watch. There is a great um, – I think it's an hour-long kind of uh, – it's almost like a documentary, but with Bill Belichick and uh, – And Bill Parcells. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I think it's bills. only on ESPN Plus right now, but it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that would be a great. That's a great answer. It's Even about though when, I really... it's about when he was coaching the Giants. Yeah, and how he transferred yeah. over to the yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's a crazy story. Yeah, and uh, gonna... yeah, that's a great. Even though I don't like the Patriots at all, I think that'd be a great uh, docu series. What do you think, Coach? Um, I think this LeBron's gonna rush one out now because he's LeBron. <laughs> I just he's think gonna he's have gonna... a he's gonna have a a, a five part uh, yeah like series like five part series like five series on LeBron James's career. <laughs> yeah, I, and yeah, I say that I say that jokingly, but I feel like he's just trying to pump something out. I'm looking forward to Kobe's. I know that's I've heard that's in the works. Yeah, um, yeah. I think with him passing away so tragically, um, it'd be really it'd be really poignant and and cool. Because I really want to see the life of Kobe outside of basketball. Yeah. Right? Because I think he gets this rep as selfish, me first, whatever. But he does a lot from just even just what he did after he retired. He does a lot for the community, for people around him. Like, I'm, a, I'm pumped for that. Yeah, those are good answers, guys. Honestly, I haven't even really thought about this question. Um, uh, it's hard to say. I think – when it's all said and done, I'd love to see. Um, I would love to see some sort of like Ronaldo Messi uh, docu series um, because they've had such like an intertwined like 
battle between each other. I think that would be cool. Um, or, or, or just something like that as well. Like instead of Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, like a Tom Brady and his opponents, like Peyton Manning and, and uh, some of his other guys like that. Um, I think that'd be cool. Uh, Tiger Woods one would no, be cool no too. Cowboy reference. Woods for sure. I think when it's all said and done with Mike Trout, he would be, uh, that's who I thought you were going to say, Drew. Mike Trout's yeah, going to be. still early in his career though. Yeah, I just like I'm projecting is what I'm trying to say. Um, a Kawhi Leonard one? No, I'm just kidding. That'd be <laughs> the most boring. <laughs> uh, so yeah, all right, boys. Um, so that's what we have going oh, on. These are over. Oh man. Yeah, I know Mondays are going to be different now. But uh, this week, I know there's lots to talk about uh, for the rest of sports and and breaking news and all that kind of stuff. I think there's going to be some good breaking news for the NHL this week. That's my prediction. Oh, it's not my prediction. It's what they said on the news. Um, oh, coming in here. Hopefully uh, we got some awesome stuff coming up on, on Thursday's podcast. Uh, make sure you guys check out our new YouTube page and our Twitter account on That's both nice. of those. Say again, our website. Yeah. I was going to get to that on both of those YouTube and Twitter pages. We have over 300 subscribers and followers, which is pretty cool. Ooh. And uh, that's, uh, we literally just started up our YouTube page not too long ago. And um, our Twitter has been slowly picking up steam as well. So that's been pretty cool. Obviously follow us on Instagram. That's our major platform. 26,000 followers on Instagram. That's not joking. That's actually wild. And uh, we also have a website. So check it out. Check out our website. It's uh, it's pretty cool. You can even subscribe to it and rate it and all that kind of stuff. Rate everything podcasts on all platforms. You know how it is. Look up the sports reverends. We're everywhere. And we're looking forward to this Thursday. Say goodbye, boys. Peace. Peace. Peace.